if I've said it once, I've said it a hundred times. Hello and welcome to the Cigar Cast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Crown Cigars and Ales here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Debman, and I am joined as I am every week by Mr. Shane Reeves. Big show, 100th show tonight. Can you believe we finally made it? We've already done 100. It's a... Uh... It seems like only yesterday we started this small podcast. So here we are just a short month away from our actual two years, but 100 episodes is a huge milestone, and I'm really feeling the—I'm the, the, feeling it tonight. It's a lot of fun to go back and listen to some of the earlier episodes and then listen to us today and really get a feel for how, it, how the podcasting itself matures you. Yeah. Oh, how it changes it, and how it develops and uh, everything. Our, our sound quality, our, our skill, all of it over a course of 100 episodes. And you would hope and expect it to. Right. You would hope after you do anything, you know, because truth be told, we've probably done, we probably trashed six or seven episodes yeah. total. I, I'd say we're probably 115 hours of, of airtime into yeah, this. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say it's closer to 115 than not, yeah. for sure, because... You know, early on, we found we were learning. It was a learning curve. It was. But it's been a lot of fun. It I'm, sure has. I'm grateful to all our listeners and to you for showing up every week and being able to do this and putting up with my continuous, rigorous abuse. Well, enough self-flagellation. What have you brought? Anything special for the occasion? Yes, I have. I will be smoking tonight the Tabernacle Havana Seed, Connecticut. Ooh. So this is the new Tabernacle. It yes. came out in a limited production this year. Austin called when he had it, and um, he, I had him set me two aside. I smoked one already. This is not my first one on the podcast. Feel free to heap all the abuse you wish. Um, but That's I was, all right. Mine tonight is not the first time I've ever smoked the cigar either. Well, I wasn't overwhelmed by it, but... I find that when I can really sit down on the podcast and be cognizant of it, because when I smoked it before, it was a Saturday and there was a bunch of the guys here and we were all hanging out and you don't really get as much time to really think about the cigar. Right. Well, you know, we were solving the riddles of the universe. So I had one of those recently when Austin first got them in as well. And, you know, I actually found that I liked it more than the regular Tabernacle. Well, I hope I do. The wrapper is a Connecticut Havana. And the binder and filler is Mexican, Nicaraguan, Nicaraguan, and Honduras. The color is Colorado Maduro, which I do like that. I like the different color on the wrapper. I like that, too. And uh, the blender is Nicole, Nicholas Melillo, and it's made in Nicaragua. So it's right up my alley. It should be something I enjoy. And I really think, depending, are you on a fresh palate tonight? I am not. I just finished one a little bit ago. I got here early today. Okay. So I think you're really going to like that once, now that you're able to smoke it when you're giving it the time and attention, I think you're going to like that. I, I may be wrong, but I, I have a feeling you will. I think Foundation's not always one of my favorite cigars, but does seem to to still tickle my fancy it more often. plays the not. right notes often. What are you smoking tonight? All right. So now have you actually, have you seen what I'm smoking tonight? I have not. I, have not I want to give you an opportunity to guess. Because I don't know. I'm going to give you some. I'm going to give you some help here. Okay. It's a Dominican puro. Okay. It is a uh, Connecticut broadleaf wrapper around Dominican binder and filler. It is made and grown in the Dominican Republic. I'm and it is a semi-special release. So it's a Fuente. It is. Um. 
Not Eye of the Shark. He doesn't have any of those in here tonight. Is it from the Opus line? It is not, but we'll come back to that. Okay, what is it? It's this year's Añejo. Oh, this is the Añejo. The Añejo Robusto. So, as I've said on the show many times before, there are a handful of occasions in my life which I mark and celebrate with a particular cigar or with a cigar in general. Well, one of those is my birthday. I have a Liga 9 every year on my birthday or around my birthday. I try to have it on, the, on my birthday. Anyway, not important. For Christmas, I have a specific cigar for Christmas, and that's the Opus. And I've mentioned before one of the reasons, even though I'm not a huge Fuente or Opus fan, the story behind that cigar just feels like Christmas time to to me because it feels like something special. There's a certain level of reverence I have for someone trying to create their opus or their legacy. And, well, this year, this is now the third shop in which I have tried to find an opus this year. I haven't been up to Belmede yet. I know I'll find it there. So I wanted to mark the Christmas season as well as our 100th episode with a relatively special cigar. So the Añejo, in my opinion is the next best thing. It is a uh, very, very good annual release by Fuente, and in my opinion, probably the best cigar that they make. Even better than the Opus, but the Opus has that story that really wraps you in. So, uh, so yeah, so I am smoking. I would have had the shark. I know he had some sharks in a couple of weeks ago when I was here, but, of course, just like everywhere else in the world, they were gone in two days, so... Well, the Añejo is that cigar that guys that are not necessarily Opus guys will still look for. Yeah. And it's not, it's, it stands in a category of its own. They've done a good job of branding it in such a way that it will stand alone, that it doesn't have to be an Opus to still be a very special Fuente, which I'm, you know... I don't dislike Fuente cigars. I enjoy them. They're just, they never seem to get to the top of my list. Mm. They never seem to be the the big cigar that I'm looking for. And, uh, That's good. Very, very I, spice forward. Or? I didn't, I didn't get an Añejo last year. I probably haven't smoked an, an Añejo in two or three years. So I forgot about it. Like I forgot that that flavor takes me back. It's so oaky and smoky. It's like a swamp. But uh, it's just, um, no, it's so good. And, and once I spend a little more time with it, I'll be able to kind of talk about what it is that's so good about it. But, man, that just that, that hit me in all the right places. Well, at first blush, this tabernacle, I get a little pepper, which I'm not a gigantic fan of, but it's, it's, it's tempered well. It's not the strong, strong pepper that a Fernandez or something like that can assault you with. Right. So I'm getting a little pepper. It's very earthy, very, very oaky, very relaxed smoke. Just a good smoke, you know, at first blush. Now, I'm not even an eighth of an inch into it. We'll, we'll update as the show goes on. But first thing, before we go on to new business, we have to wrap up old business. When our heroes last left you... We did not know what Aficionado's number one cigar of the year was. That is true. We did not. Um, First and foremost, uh, it's kind of hip to grumble about Aficionado's number one cigar of the year. It is. 
but this year I think we have rights. It's the E.P. Carrillo Encore Majestic. Never seen this cigar, never seen a word about it, never seen anybody with them bringing out. No flourish, didn't come in with a big fanfare. With a whimper, not with a bang. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand how this got to number one. I, I haven't heard anything about it. I, I like Carrillo's stuff. Don't get me wrong. I, I really like E.P. Carrillo. I, his palate is similar to mine, so he blends well. Now, he, they're not all winners. It's not like for you with Willie Herrera. But I do tend to like his cigars. The Gloria Cubana was a, and still is, a phenomenal cigar. The, the couple of the ones out of his line when he went out on his own, the Cardinal comes to mind. Fantastic cigar. Uh, um... I'm, I'm kind of confused by this. It come out of left field. Yeah. I don't think anybody in the cigar world would have picked this as the number one. You know, we made our picks last week. I'm sure, uh, I'm sure Aficionado's accounts receivable team probably did see it come. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. And all, but just a little about the cigar. It is five and three-eighths by 52. The filler, binder, and wrapper are all Nicaraguan, but it's made in the Dominican Republic. Huh. Priced at MSRP, $11.50 a cigar. Not bad. That's, that's the price range a cigar of the year should be in. Yeah. Yeah, not so exclusive as to be out of the reach of the common man, but not so not a $6 cigar. Right. The, the Charter Oak is a phenomenal cigar that we both love and smoke a ton of. That's, that's never a cigar of the year. Now, do you remember what your pick for cigar of the year was last week? No. And I, I know exactly. Mine was the Ramon Ayones by AJ Fernandez, and it came in at number twenty-five. Just barely made the list, which I think is a tremendous injustice. You cannot tell me that a Rocky Patel fifteenth that come in at number twenty, a San Cristobal at twenty-one, a Villiger at number fifteen, that any of these are better than that Ramon Ayones. I don't know. Villiger is an unsung hero of the humidor. I've got to say they. Um they really know what they're doing over there. Most people walk by them in the humidor all the time, but I've been privy to a couple of times being a regular in a cigar shop where the um, where, where they were being closed out. And so you got them for a song, you know, buy two, get one or whatever, or, you know, knock down to four bucks or whatever. And it's like, it, it, it takes them getting there before I'm like, oh yeah, this is great. They're fantastic cigars. So if you if you get an opportunity to smoke a Villager cigar, I say go for it. Absolutely. I'm trying to remember what my what I said my cigar of the year was. We'll have to go back and yeah, look. we'll have to <laughs> we'll have to listen and figure it out because I because I I I have a feeling even if I could get my hand on that cigar that I'm going to have a hard time saying that it's as good as whatever I thought. Well, like I said, it's it came out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, don't know where it come from, how they got it. You know, this this goes to my theory about advertising. I didn't even realize Creo did that much advertising with them. They did enough to get number one cigar uh, of the uh, year. Apparently so. My goodness. <laughs> and all, but moving on anyway. away from that, there's anyway. no sense in being negative, but I did feel like we had unfinished business that had to be so No, up. I agree. And all, Altadis has announced a price increase for 2019. Boo. Now, it's not across the boards. Really? Yeah. Some of their lines that will not be affected, the Aging Room brand will not be effective. Which what? is good because they were kind of a little overpriced to begin with. I was, I was going to ask, what's your opinion on the Aging Room? I've never had one that really impressed me. It, 
they're they're good cigars. But that's that's it. That's just it. They are they are good cigars. Yeah, they're better than nothing. Yeah. Um, I will. There are twenty cigars I would pick up first, at a minimum. It is nice that the Monte Cristo White Connecticut is not going to be increased. Because that's kind of a workhorse cigar. That's kind yeah. of an unsung workhorse. That Monte Cristo White series. If if you can, uh, does workhorse require a certain price point? Because I feel like it's up there. Um, no, I've got the I've I've got the five packs of those very inexpensively. Okay. Well, especially if you can get to a Casa, for example, where they yeah. do have them very cheaply. And all the um, Epic Craft Cured will not have a price increase, which I can't see how they could bear to increase the price of that cigar. No, I don't either. Uh, the only retailers so far that have announced price increases for the year are Altadis and Perdomo. They have both announced that they will have price increases. Nobody else, none of the big, you right. know, the big brands have announced a price increase. And Perdomo needs to be careful about that. I love them. Don't get me wrong. I love them. But they need to be very careful not to price themselves out of their wheelhouse. They are, they are starting to creep up there a little bit. But it doesn't seem like Perdomo has had much of a price increase since I started smoking. No, you're exactly right. I mean, they they are still fairly consistent with where they've always been. And, and maybe it's maybe I'm confusing what I'm seeing in the humidor with what they're actually doing. You know, our, our taxes here are not anything to be sneeze at. You know, our, our tobacco taxes... Uh, make it such that our, the prices that we see in the humidor aren't necessarily reflective of factory pricing and, and SRP. So maybe I need to be careful here. But it just seems to me like, as and, and you know I'm a fan of Perdomo cigars. I love their stuff. But they've, they've got quite a few that are, that are knocking on the door 12 bucks. And I just don't know, when you're known for consistency, I don't know how much more over that line you can afford to go. Yeah, you have to rip. Now, it seems like Perdomo started out, when I started smoking, Perdomos were on the higher end of the budget scale. And now they're more in that median area of the budget scale. So they can bump up a little and probably not affect yeah. their market share a lot. I mean, if we're talking like 3 or 5%, I think they're fine. If they're going up towards like 10%, I think they may, well, no, I guess 10%. I'm just trying to think of where they are in that $12 range. I guess you're looking at an extra buck. That's not bad. If you're a big Perdomo fan, it's not, and they, you know, and Perdomo. They have a loyalty. You're right. Well, they also have a great marketing plan. You know, every year, every shop gets one of the gigantic right. Perdomo super decorative humidors, and you sell so many cigars, and you get a raffle ticket and things like that. So they do a good job marketing their product. They do. They, they really do. And like I said, I love, and it's not to be a pejorative, but I've said this about them many times. They are the Starbucks of the cigar industry. And I mean that with great love. You know, if you think about what Starbucks is, has been able to accomplish, you know, they took coffee from something you get for 50 cents at the gas station to a destination and kind of a way of life in the U.S. that didn't really work that way at the time. So comparing that, what that means is whenever you go into any Starbucks, you know basically what the price is going to be and you know what you're getting. You know what the flavor is going to be. It's not going to be the best cup of coffee. It's not going to be the worst cup of coffee you've ever had. It's not going to be the most expensive. It's not going to be the least expensive. It's going to play the middle, and it's going to play it very well, and it's going to be consistent every single time. To me, that is Perdomo through and through. They're middle-of-the-road price-wise. They're middle-of-the-road 
they're a little better than middle of the road flavor and construction wise. In fact, construction wise, I'd say they're they're close to the top. But that's that consistency. They are consistent. You know exactly what you're getting. You know exactly what it's going to taste like, and you're never going to find a stinker for what they are. Yeah, Perdomo's quality control is second to none. Uh I can't say that I have ever picked up a Perdomo that I said, okay, structurally this cigar is not there. Yeah. Their quality control is second to none. I will never complain about that particular aspect of the Perdomo cigar. And they're not, they're good cigars, but they're never going to knock my socks off. Exactly. But that's, uh, but I don't think that's what they're meant to do. Well, and I don't want my socks knocked off every time I light a cigar. Well, that's right. You know, if, if every, uh, tread lightly, if every meal you have is the best meal you've ever had in your life, then what's the best meal that, you know? Well, you know, it's, it's been said before, if, which, what steak is better, the steak that you eat every night or the steak that you wait all week to go get? Right. You know, and, I, and that's some of the appeal of Padron. That's why we get to be such Padron fanboys is the price level of Padron makes it a more destination smoke. Exactly. And I, and I think Perdomo, Perdomo does a good job for where they're at, but I do think they could price themselves out of the market if they weren't very careful. They should never try to compete with a Davidoff. Well, and I don't think they would ever go that far. But, you know, speaking of Davidoff, look at Camacho. Camacho's a great cigar. I think they're, I think they're creeping up there a little bit. They've priced themselves out of my rotation. You know, you can still get the Corojo for less than 10 bucks, although just barely. You can still get the Ecuador, their mainline stuff. You can still get it for less than 10 bucks, depending on the size. Where they have jumped the shark is in the Ditka $22 cigar and the American Classic $18 cigar and some of the, like, you're Camacho. Like, get back in your lane. I, I'm sorry. I, again, I love their cigars. But when you start having a, a, a workhorse cigar line start tipping above $15, what are you doing? Well, and, you know, and even, I don't I don't think Perdomo's going to fall victim to that. I think they're smart enough. Uh, you know, Nick Perdomo runs a tight ship. He knows what he's doing. He's a very smart businessman. He understands the industry. He understands his customer specifically. And and I think they'll be able to I, I don't think this is going to be a problem. And I think that's a that's a super valuable part. Understand your customer. Understand what you're offering them and understand with rare exceptions you're never going to be the only cigar they smoke. Right. You know, there's some of the monogamous cigar smokers out there, but I would say that's what less than five percent of the cigar market. I would, say, yeah. I mean, even I, who am a fairly monogamous cigar smoker, am not a monogamous. I'm kind know. of a monotonous cigar smoker. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> I mean, I, I have, I have a. I'm like television in the '80s, or no, before the '80s. I'm I'm three channels, you know. You're you're cable, you're, you're MTV and you know CNN. You're all that. I'm just the networks. Yeah, it's it just kind of depends on what your variety is and knowing your customer and the. I think better energy. You know, we talk about marketing. Perdomo's marketing is very targeted. You're not going to get a knife with the Perdomo logo on it. You're not right. going to get a. Leather, you know, I do have a leather case of Perdomo on it, but you're you're you know, not going to get a lot of non stuff straight to it. You know what you are going to get, and I love, and and I don't have one, and I should is the coffee mug, and I think that really tells you who they their customer is and who they're going after. The fact that 
It's not, yeah, it's not the knife. It's not the brandy snifter. It's not the leather-wrapped whatever. It's, it's a coffee mug, and that's who their customer is. Well, you know, Drew Estate and Gurkha spend a tremendous amount of money marketing. Mm-hmm. And they do stray away from the supporting the brand in so much as they market to such a wide variety of items. Yeah. Well, and I think part of that with Drew Estate, for example, is the fact that you've got the factory smokes at $5 and a quarter, and you've got the legal line at 18 So those are two very different cigars. Now, you're going to have people that like both. But the guy who's buying one on the regular versus the other is going to be two, are, are, are most likely going to be two very different people. Yeah, well, Drew Estates is kind of an anomaly in that they cover so much of the cigar spectrum. And because it doesn't matter who you are, there's something in their line that you're going to like. For, you know, we're not that different, but we're fairly different people in our tastes and our what, outside of cigars and palate and stuff like that. The things that we enjoy are, are fairly different. Um, this is where you make fun of me for documentaries and boring crap. But the, but we can both find something in their line that we like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and Perdomo is a little narrower market share mm-hmm. at all. And, and I think when you do have the narrow market share, just like what you said, not to beat a dead horse. But speaking of getting off of that horse. Uh, speaking of beating dead horses. Davidoff, speaking of Davidoff. They are announcing a Florida Selection Limited Edition 2018. So I know you well enough to know you read the word Florida and said, I'm bringing this up on the podcast. So tell, tell me about what the Florida Selection is. So Jeff Borowitz owns the um, Florida Sun Grown Tobacco. He owns Corona Cigar, and he started a farm where they grow the Florida Sun Grown Tobacco. It's actually a relatively small farm. I've been there. Yeah. And he wanted to grow American tobacco. And he's famous for the Florida sun-grown cigar made by Drew Estate. And it's interesting now that they're sort of branching off and starting this. I wonder if this is a trend. This is, this is less it for me about the Davidoff because I'm not a Davidoff guy. Right. Um, I don't see myself picking up one of these at a $20 plus price tag. Um, it's a 6x52 Bellicoso is a MSRP of $29.90 per cigar. Oh, wow. I don't see me doing it. Yeah. I just, I don't sit. Davidoff has never made me. Now, if this was a sun-grown Padron, yeah, I'm in. Oh, absolutely. 29.90 is no problem for me to put forth. If it's a Florida sun-grown flying pig, yeah, I'm in. I can put that kind of money in. But Davidoff's never proven their self to me to the point that they can actually do that for me. Okay. And uh, speaking of Davidoff, and I think just... I'd have to go back and listen to last week's episode to be sure, but I have a feeling I might have said that the Davidoff Double R 702 series may have been my cigar of the year. Speaking of Davidoff, I, I don't particularly care for their cigars in general. They don't speak to my palate. That cigar was one of the best cigars I had all year long. Well, this cigar, it's going to be limited edition. It's going to be sold, of course, at Corona, and it is made in Esteli, Nicaragua with Dominican fillers, Piloto Viso, San Vicente Seco, and Yamasa Lajero will all be bound in a Nicaraguan Habano binder. I'm having deja vu. Wasn't there something else that had a very similar, that we talked Probably. about recently? Probably, but now I did smoke one of the Florida, Sun, Florida Experimentals right. from Corona and really loved it. 
and all. It was still a little pricey, but it was definitely there. But there's only going to be 2,500 boxes of 10 cigars made of these. No. Probably not going to be something I'm going to run in. But I do. the bigger question is, is this opening the market? Is Jeff's success with this opening the market for more American-grown tobacco to be utilized? And more importantly, if it is, um, where are we buying our farm? Can, can we convert your new hunting farm into a tobacco farm? Definitely. Because <laughs> I'd be all for that. Yeah, the, the, the growing season in Tennessee is long enough you can raise quality tobacco. It's true. Well, and it was I'll, a cash crop here for a very long time. Oh, yeah, still is. Still, still a is. lot of tobacco yeah. grown in Tennessee. Just the, the problem with growing tobacco in the United States is labor laws. Right. Cigar tobacco is so labor-intensive, it's hard to turn a profit because you have to pay a minimum wage. You have to provide health care. You have days off. You have so much in the labor laws. And I'm not arguing against labor laws. No, but, but it drives the price up. Yeah, reality is reality. We have less American tobacco because of the quality of the American labor laws. Yeah, and we wouldn't be, you would never be able to make a cigar entirely out of American tobacco because it would just be, it would be a $50 cigar for just the cheapest one you could make. So we're going to step away for a break real quick. When we come back, I want to talk about the 25 best buys as labeled by aficionado. I like that idea. I like that they have a list of cigars under $10 that you can really take a look at. Um, We'll talk about it in some greater detail. I've spent some time with that list. I also want to talk about what we're looking forward to smoking in 2019. All right. Well, we'll be back with that and more after this. Shane here with this week's Cigar Under 8. I want to talk about the Tatuaje Tattoo. This is a phenomenal cigar. Great cigar under eight. Um, great cigar just for any time. For once, the rec- the rating says mild to medium, and I would say it's definitely medium. Yeah, I would say medium. It, a good solid medium. Yeah, it's a good step-up cigar. The wrapper is an Ecuadorian Habano. The binder and filler are both Nicaraguan. Just a really good Nicaraguan feel in this cigar. And it's a great entry point for Tatuaje. If that's a brand that you've never had before, don't smoke much of because of the price point, this is a great entry point there. And I don't know, the MSRP is around 6 bucks at this point, I think. But when they first came out, you could get a box of them for less than 100 So, I mean, it's, it's the, the price has not really gone up that much over the last little bit. And we, prob- we don't talk enough about Pete Johnson as a blender. But a lot of his things he blends, I really enjoy. As do I. So until so, try the Tatuaje Tattoo. Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. One of your hosts, Shane, sitting across from Trey. Welcome back, everybody. Tell me about the Añejo. I am loving this cigar. I mean... It's it's not my typical cigar. It's very heavy for a Dominican cigar. You know, I find Dominican cigars to be fairly light in body and flavor. And not and I don't mean mild, I mean just sort of sort of light in weight. Uh, I don't know how else to describe it. This isn't this is, this has some weight to it. This coats your tongue. This has a lot of oak and leather flavors to it, so it's very it's very winter. 
you know, it, it, it very much um, is a perfect palate pleaser to this season. So the, the Havana Seed, or Havana, Connecticut, from Tabernacle, it started out strong. It's mellowed out now to almost to the point of not having a lot to it. I'm only about a third of the way through it. When I get to two-thirds, I hope it comes back alive because right now it just kind of planed out to nothing for me. You know, I had a similar experience, and, and I wasn't sure if it was because of the way my day was going because I was kind of smoking it throughout the day, started in the car, sat down with it, kind of, you know, and, and I thought that was because I kind of let it go out. Not quite out, but I, I, I slowed way down on it, then I picked back up, and I thought maybe I did that to it. But So it's, it's interesting to hear that you have the same experience. Well, structurally, it's doing well. The draw is well. It's burning evenly. The draw is a little stiff, um, not stiff enough as to be an issue, but just a little stiffer, probably about the, the stiffness you like more so, because I, I like it to feel like I'm sucking through a straw. Right. I, yeah, I do like a little bit more. And you'll tend to make it just a little more... Sorry, I had to adjust my microphone. All right. You, t- you tend to like a little bit more draw to yeah. know you're smoking a cigar. I, I want just a little bit of resistance on mine. But Cigar Aficionado, in conjunction with their best cigars of the year, they released their best buys of 2018. So this is budget cigar. Right. No particular order. Oh, they didn't okay. really put them in a ranking as such. They just listed 25. I'm just going to hit the ones that I know you and I have smoked. Okay. Um, Charter Oak, CT Shade, Rothschild yeah, made the absolutely. list. Charter Oak, anytime you're talking budget cigar, bang for your buck, you got to talk Charter Oak. Although that's the Connecticut Shade. That's not the Broadleaf that we both like. Yeah, I have actually not had one of the Connecticut Shade in this, and I think I would enjoy it. I think you would, too. They have them at Bellmead. I'll have to pick one up next time I'm there. Um, the JFR Lunatic Short Robusto You've came in. You've had that. I have not. I like it. I like the Lunatics. I like the JFR product. I like a lot of their product. I think we highlighted that on a Cigar Under 8 recently, didn't we? We did. Um, they have the Gilberto Oliva Reserve Blanc. Absolutely. Um, now, some of their pricings on this are definitely prices that, you know, they're saying that one's five I've never seen no. one of them even close to that. No, I haven't either. And all the La Aurora that's, 19... That's box price per cigar with the aficionado discount, I think. Gotta be. It, yeah. They've got the La Aurora 1903 Cameroon Churchill. Absolutely. You can't... Again, you can't get into this category without really talking about La Aurora. They're, they're always going to be... You know, we talked a lot about market share at the beginning. Right. And uh, this is... I mean, you're talking our wheelhouse right now. I mean, the cigars... You know, the top 25... Yeah, that's great. This is where I can really speak with some authority, and I know you can too, because this is where we smoke. This is where you and I live. Yeah, this is where the daily smoke is going to come right. in. You know, this is where those of us that that are not wealthy and have a daily smoke, this is kind of where the majority of those smokes are going to be spent. Speaking of which, I've got to pull the show over for a moment. So as this episode goes out, we will be about six days past Christmas, and I, I want it was I had a really interesting experience at Christmas this year. So I was spending the time with my girlfriend's family, meeting one of her brothers who I had not yet met, and just spending some good quality time with the family. And, and one of her brothers, this one in particular, is the cigar smoker of the family, and so. You know, it's become kind of a, a thing, and it's like, okay, great. You know, obviously, I've got some authority in that area. We can kind of 
we, we tailored his Christmas gift to that. And, and at one point, while we were all opening gifts, and they opened, it was a, it was a little cigar rest, but it goes it, it, kind of like the divot tool, except instead of going in the ground, it was a little, it, it hangs on the edge of like a highball glass. So really kind of cool. I don't, logistically, I'm not sure I know how it would work, but very, very cool. So the question comes up of how many cigars do you smoke a week? Or no, I think they said month. And so, of course, you know, this is the cigar smoker of the family. And he was like, uh, more like year. And they were like, okay, how many year? He's like, I don't know, four or five. And I was like, oh, my God, please don't ask me this question. Please don't ask me this question. Please don't ask me Because <laughs> how much, you know, because there's a certain lie of omission. Like, we all, anytime someone asks you how many cigars you smoke on whatever basis, you always reduce it by a factor of two. It's kind of like women when they're asked another significant number in their life, they kind of cut it in half. <laughs> but I was just, it was just, I was, I was sitting there on the couch going, oh, please don't. Well, well I know, Trey, you, I know you smoke cigars. How many do you smoke a year? Uh, I need more fingers and toes. Like, <laughs> luckily, yeah. the question never came, so I was safe. Well, you, it's a little too early to be lying to the family on that scale. Yeah, you know, a uh, couple of days. It yeah. just depends on what I'm doing. The time of the year affects it. Yeah, I knew that if I said a thousand, I would get some really funny looks. But let's be realistic. That's it's probably close to that number. That's three, probably that's a little less. Hundreds. That's a little less than three a day. Yeah, it's in the high hundreds. Yeah. No doubt, but, but coming back. Yeah, sorry. I just, I we're, just had. Defi- I knew you would appreciate that. We're definitely not going to do the math in how much we spend a year on cigars. Absolutely there's, not. There's no fruit. You know, it's kind of like figuring out how much per pound I have invested in venison. It's just not a great number to start crunching. Yeah, through. sorry about that. By the way, <laughs> the um, Henry Clay Rustic Cheroot made the list. I've had the Henry Clay. I have not seen the Cheroot. I haven't either. I thought they stopped making Henry Clay. Uh, no, there's still Henry Clay made. I think they were made. Weren't they made in conjunction with Tatawahe? Didn't Tatawahe have something to do That's with them? That's what it was. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I, I think, thought but they But I think had. that changed recently. I think it was being produced under someone else before that. Um, a cigar that I got on to by accident this year that I really enjoyed, I was at an event at Casa de Monte Cristo. And a five-pack of this happened to be the freebie, the H. Upman Vintage Cameroon Corona. Great light-bodied cigar. Great mild cigar. Great mild cigar. Great cigar to fish with. You know, it falls under all the categories of a fishing cigar or a Mm -hmm. golfing cigar. If you lose it, you don't lose a fortune, but it still delivers. Yeah. Falls underneath that. Um, Now, this is where I'm pretty sure... That they that they fibbed the price. The Padron Landres Maduro, and they've got it listed at five dollars. I've no. never seen a Padron that a five dollar bill would purchase. Uh, not in a while. Not not in a while. Anyway, the Brickhouse Double Connecticut Corona. Yep. Brickhouse again, staple of this particular portion of the of the market. Um, the notable notable exceptions that I didn't see on the list. They didn't put any of the My Father line, you know, the Cuban Classic or the Don Pepin or any of those. They didn't, wasn't really made it in this list. I think those are just so old. They have been around for so bleeding forever that I think that might have something to do with why they were taken off the list. Still a gr- still Although great Although the vintage Cameroon from H. Upman falls in that category as well. So I, I don't know. But you're, you're right. It definitely should be. But they really, My, my Father hasn't done anything new in a while. Yeah, it's resting on his laurels a little bit. 
And I'll sorry, I'm having difficulty hearing you because there's an auction going on yeah, in the cigar shop. Apparently tonight. so. And I'll, I'm Luckily, get, I don't believe our listeners are going to be able to hear it, so I think we're going to be okay. But okay, yeah, I'm, did, I won't have to get new headphones it, for Christmas. It did get loud in here. Um, but pretty much the only AJ Fernandez that made the list is the last call. Um, Still and I haven't, haven't had, had it, it yet. No, I haven't had it yet either. But this I mean, kind of leans toward newer cigars. It, it does. But, I mean, the Enclave is still a relatively new cigar, and I think it absolutely belongs in that category, as does the New World. I had one yesterday. It's still a fantastic cigar. Yeah, so, but I do like giving credit where it's due. I do like that, that Cigar Aficionado took the time to put this list together, that they are talking more to the individuals, to the more budget-minded consumer. I do like that they're coming into that. A little bit more. Um, what is the cigar you're looking for in 2019? What's on your hit list? The number one cigar of two th- that I'm going to smoke in 2019 that I'm looking forward to, thank you very much, is going to be the Black Lab LE. <laughs> because as it stands right now, I am not going to be able to smoke, because at this point, it's a matter of pride. I'm not smoking that cigar until I can smoke it on the show. And at this point, it's going to be, it's going to be another, it's going to be into 2019 before I get to try it. But I'm really looking forward to that cigar. Well, it'll be better for the weight. You know, we spoke about it earlier. It'll be better for the weight. I, I, you're welcome. I'm glad I was able to do this for you, to elevate that cigar uh, just a little bit further yeah, yeah, for you. yeah. And also, that, that being said, I am st- I, I did really enjoy the cigar you brought me last week, so I, I can't I can't be too hard on you about it. In 2019, I'm definitely going to get another Ramona Yones, okay. and I've had trouble finding them. I've been having my eye out for them. I'm also um, I went to a cigar shop in Murfreesboro, which is a little piece away from here, but there's a great restaurant in Murfreesboro called Demos that Glenda and I always eat at, and the um, Cigar shop there had a lot of the Macaleaf brand. I'm and not the, familiar with them. The Macaleaf Brazilian Matafina wrapper mm-hmm. was one of my favorite cigars. Okay. And I will be going back there to pick up a couple of more of those because that really, that cigar really hit my palate well. That's definitely something that I'm going to be chasing in 2019 is a few more of those as well as a few more of the Ramona Yones. I, def- I, I also want to, uh, to spend some time next year uh, ex- expanding a little bit more into getting out of my comfort zone price-wise a little bit. Obviously, not all the time, but I, I'm really bad about seeing a, an 11 or $12 cigar and just walking past it. You know, like this cigar tonight was a $13 cigar, and I'm really enjoying this cigar. And if I'm already spending $9 on a cigar, what's an extra 2 or 3 to try something new? And, and so there are a couple of cigars in the humidor that that have that that you know that twelve thirteen dollar price range that I'm I'm looking forward to to finally getting out of my comfort zone and say you know what I'm going to try it. Um, another Los Calaveras goes in that you know I smoked one on the show, you know, and and so for that reason I spent the money, but I haven't gone back to it and I really enjoyed it. So you know I'm I'm there's definitely going to be some stuff. It's a little bit um, higher in our in price point that I'm going to bring to the show next year that I'm looking forward to. Well, and you know, like the the thing is, 
in poker, the most dangerous thing you can say is I'm now pot committed. Right. Because that's usually where you end up losing a big bet. Right. So when you're choosing your cigars, you have to be careful not to get too much into that thinking, well, I was going to buy a $12 cigar, but for $15, I can try this one. Right. And you don't necessarily want the pot committed mentality while you're while you're looking for your cigars. No, but I also want to get out of the mindset of walking towards a cigar that I know I want to smoke, looking at the price tag, and so, uh, not tonight. So, we also have a new accessory to cover tonight. Yeah, and you told me the name of this, but I don't know anything about it. And I love it when you do this, because I, uh, you know how much I nerd out over accessories. So, I'm really looking forward to this. Well, this is the Eli... Ble- Eli... E-L-E-I-E. I pronounce that Eli. I don't know Old how it's McDonald's pronounced. had a fun. Blue double-blade cigar cutter. But this is interesting. It's a cutter... And where the blades come together, they come together in a diamond shape instead of the traditional flat shape. Huh. That's gimmicky. It's very thin, very low profile. Eli Blue is reputed for great cigar accessories, great, by and large, everyday carry tools. I think it's Ellie Blue. Is it Ellie Blue? I think so. I will defer to your expertise. Um... It's a beautiful cutter. It is. That, in, that it is. It is entirely metal. There are no plastic components in this cutter. Which is always a good thing when you're talking about a cutter. Yeah, it's always a plus. It's always going to hold up. The blades are stainless steel. Um, just a good, uh, a good piece of equipment from the looks of things. Now, the reviews are coming back that the diamond shape doesn't necessarily yield the greatest cut. That would be my thing. I I would expect that any time you have a sharp corner, you have a potential for tearing. So I could very easily see it coming to the two blades coming together at a hard angle, and the tips of the blades themselves coming to a hard angle could lend itself to some ripping, some tearing, some uneven cuts. Well, and here's the thing about engineering. I'm all for something new, but it needs to work. And for me, it needs to at least somewhat serve a purpose. You know, build a better mousetrap and the world will be the path to your door. But then, but you also don't need to reinvent the wheel. And so when it it comes to innovation, that's the line you have to play with. Am I solving a problem or am I doing it just because I can? This, on first blush, to me, looks like doing it just because I can and no one else does. But there might be a reason no one else does it this way. Well, it'll be interesting. I'd like to get one and cut a cigar with it and see really what my thought process is about it. And all. But moving forward, we were on it. My brother and I were taking a little trip this weekend. And as we were going down the road, I pulled out a cigar. And I've come to the conclusion that I'm rapidly developing. Sorry, again. No, it's fine. I'm, I'm working on it on the back end. So you keep going. I've got it. I'm rapidly developing my cigar superpower. Okay. The ability to tell the right cigar for the amount of time I have left in a given journey. I am pretty good at that myself. You know, I hate to get somewhere and still have a third of a cigar left. I hate to run out 30 minutes before I get to my location because when I take a long trip, a cigar is usually part of that. Yeah, it is for me too. And as part of that, the, you know, having that, um, 
that ability becomes very valuable. What cigar superpower have you developed? Well, I would say I have at least a piece of that same superpower, if not all of it. You know, the... Um, hmm. You're you're catching me off guard with this question, so it's going to take me a second to get there. Yeah, I, I always like to catch you with something out of the blue, something that that I didn't give you any warning at, because I like that first blush. The first blush is always the most honest response. I can always get a cigar lit. I am like MacGyver with fire. You know, I was, at the beginning of this year, in February, I was in um, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and was lighting a cigar on the beach. And if anyone has ever been on the beach, on the Atlantic Ocean, you know that there is a stiff breeze at all times. And with a box of matches, not even a lighter, I was able to get that cigar lit. You know, and that's one of those things, that's a skill I need to hone a little better because I'm forever working on a crooked burn. Mm -hmm. I think in 2019 that is going to be somewhere that I raise my game. And all to to the non-superpowered, what's the secret to the good light every time? There's... So getting a good light every time and getting it lit every time are not necessarily the same thing. Um, For me, let's take it back to lighting a cigar outside or in a car. Both of these come with their own but similar uh, issues, which is that wind creates uneven lighting. And for me, the key is to face the wind. You know, everyone wants to turn your back to the wind to get that big, broad windbreak. What happens is the wind whips around your shoulders. If you've ever seen a truck bed in the rain and you can see the wind whipping down in, you're doing the same thing. But if you face the wind, then just using your hand to shield the flame creates a much smaller windbreak and you don't get near as much of that buffeting and you're able to keep the match lit for longer or the lighter or whatever it is. And usually you can you can get more out of what little flame you have. Now you're still going to lose the flame to the wind. Again, talking about matches here. If it's a lighter, I mean, at any point, if you're talking about lighting a cigar with a lighter, the key is to rotate your cigar. I mean, you don't always have to, but if you find yourself lighting your, your cigar crooked more often than not, try rotating your cigar as you're drawing it, and oftentimes that'll that'll solve some of your woes. Can you light a cigar while driving down the road? Yes, I can. See, I cannot. I have to pull over to the side of the road. I think it's the safety side of me because I don't want any distractions. I never text while driving. And I I look at lighting a cigar as the equivalent of texting while driving. When I was a younger man and much more foolish, I once scared the bejesus out of a friend of mine because... I had seen on a television show a guy driving a, a drift car, you know, so the back end is, is full sideways, and he lights a cigarette as he's going with a little Bic lighter and, and keeps on going. And I was like, oh, that's cool. So I was driving with a friend of mine in the car, and I wasn't drifting my car, I was, but I was driving at a high rate of speed, and in the middle of a turn and lit my cigar <laughs> and and it ter- I, I was fine I was well in control uh, you know but so I you know I've got this I I was driving a manual at the time too that makes it even better but I don't do that anymore 
But with a lighter, which is one-handed, I can light the cigar while driving safely. The funny little footnote to that story is that the TV show I saw that on was a cartoon. And he was like, that's not real life. What are you doing? <laughs> so, so much of my understanding of physics was defined by Bugs Bunny early oh, in life. Absolutely. No, there was, a, there was a great TV show that came on in the late 90s, early 2000s in Japan called Initial D. And it's all about, um, you know, kind of underground street racing and drifting, stuff like that. It's a, it's a fantastic show. It's fun. If you're a car guy, you'd love it. But it was that show. And, uh, and I was like, I've got to try this. And I did it. Well, I'm, I've gotten very good at gauging. And also, I even adjust my smoking in accordance with how much time I have. You know, the amount of time that I have, I, I will smoke a little slower, and then when I get to my destination, I'll pick it up a little, and I kind of vary that. I, I do that, too, but you can put yourself, you know, because you've, you've seen me many times. We'll be talking around, we'll be standing around either just hanging out here or after a show or something, We're talking, and I'll look at my cigar and I'll go, all right, I need to get home because I've got just enough cigar left to get me home. And I can usually... Get get it so that whenever I whenever I pull in the drive, I'm I'm tossing the butt. I, I've gotten very very good at that. Well, next week is the show. After our show tonight, we're going to spend a lot of time working on the stogies, and all, we're actually going to do show prep. So stand back. Next week's show may be great or it may be awful. Yeah, it it may be our Achilles heel. We don't know. Yeah, we. I don't know if anybody notices. We don't do a ton of show prep. Oh, they notice. It's kind of a stream <laughs> of consciousness. But next week is the Stogie Awards. So I've, you've got one more week to get in your suggestions for categories and nominations. Yes, on Facebook.com slash The Cigar Cast or on Twitter and Instagram at The Cigar Cast. And you can even email us at info at TheCigarCast.com. And everyone... You know, just from us here at the Cigar Cast, I want to say thank you for another year of listening to us, for interacting with us online and, and sharing an hour of your week with us. It really does mean the world. You know, we've said since we started doing this that even if no one listened, we would do it because we enjoy it so much. But really, the feedback we get from you all and knowing uh, that that we're doing something that other people enjoy really does mean the world to us. So uh, just on behalf of both of us, I want to say, I hope everyone had a Merry Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever you sell, whatever holiday you celebrate this time of year. And I hope that you have a safe and prosperous new year. Well, thanks everyone for listening tonight. And until 2019, have a great cigar and think well of us. (laughs) 